0: and today we're hearing from Daryl. So good. I've even got notes. Well, thanks so much. Now, how many people have ever heard the expression, never trust a preacher without a limp? John Wimber. Has no one ever heard that before? It means, it actually means officially you don't trust a preacher that hasn't um, wrestled with God in some kind of description. Um, but let's call the elephant in the room. I am limping today a little bit because I have managed to get a piece of coral lodged up in my foot, which is really, really awesome. So what I'm going to be able to do is preach off that today, which is really, really exciting. How many people, no, I'm not, but how many people have ever done something stupid and you reap the consequence of something that you've done? Is there no one in here that's ever had an experience like that where you think, oh yeah, this is a really good idea, and then Something happens. Okay, so we were baptizing people last week, and we, I was baptizing Asher. And so when I baptized Asher, um, oh gosh, no, I'm going actually going to sit down. Um, when I baptized Asher, um, I came out, and I did it with my bare feet. So Asher my son, we did baptisms. How many people were at the baptism thing? It was really, really awesome. And I came out of the water, and I was so excited, but there was lots of coral and lots of rocks, And what happened, and this is the true story, what actually happened, not that there was another story that I was going to tell that wasn't true, but the true story is that I came out, and I was walking on the rocks, and I started to, it was quite painful, and there were two people standing on the beach as I was coming out saying congratulations, and there was a big piece of rock in front of me with coral on it, and I thought, now this wasn't being led by the Lord, everyone say not led, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to jump over that because it will look better if I just jump over rather than trying to ouch, ooh, you know, across the rock. So I thought, I'll just jump, I'll take the risk, I'll kind of jump, see if I can land, whatever. Well, I jumped on it and, and it lodged in my foot and broke off and started bleeding and I came out and I was hobbling worse when I got out than I, was, than I would have been if I hadn't made that choice. In fact, I made a choice two years ago, same time I was on crutches, where I made a choice to do a very special skateboarding jump. And Belinda said, Daryl, you're not 14 anymore. And I remember speaking to a 14-year-old average boy, he was probably 14, um, on the skateboard ramp. Uh, we, would, we were hanging out together because I was a skater, he was a skater. And I said, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I said, when you, I said, when you know about skateboarding, you know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, when you know, you know. Well, I reaped big time, because I tore my hamstring at grade four, actually, the well, my physios actually gives a wave. She, f- she physioed me. True story? Physioed me through the whole thing. Anyway, the whole point of it is bad decisions, you reap consequence, and I didn't go home going, oh my goodness, the devil is so... How many of you know you just make bad decisions sometimes? Okay, all right. So all of that to say, yes, I'll be all right. I've been assessed, and it's being removed. Awesome. Okay, so I've got... This is a two-part um, message. If you are from interstate, you'll just have to fly back next week to listen to the other half because it will be in the afternoon. Um, but I wanna talk to you about something that the Lord's been speaking to me about specifically um, with regards to dullness of vision and bright eyes. Now, as a staff, and I, I'm gonna pray for you guys in a minute, just when I, feel, when I feel prompted, I'm gonna pray for a couple of people. So as a staff, we've been doing this thing um, Oh gosh, right. Can you do that? I feel like an invalid and it's I'm not. Like it's just I'm not. Thank you, Belinda. Okay, cool. Okay, so as a staff, we had this thing where we were um, I, th- I think Belinda posted it, but basically, what was the number one song when you were 23 years old? And that's the way that your 23 that's the way that your 2023 will look. I think hers was pretty fly, pretty fly for a white guy. And I thought, okay, well, I'm white-ish, and I'm pretty fly, so there you go. So, so obviously, that's, that's the word of the Lord for you this year. Um, but I'm just going to get more and more awesome. That's, the, that's, that's brilliant. Okay, and so, and so it was a really fun game. But then the Lord started to speak to me as, about this word that I had. And then I remembered, he said, what was the number one when you were born? I'm like, well, that's interesting. And the number one song when I was born, which you can find out very easily by literally typing in what was the number one song when you were born and with your date there. The number one song for me was a song by Simon and Garfunkel called Bright Eyes. Now, how many people know that song? Bright eyes, burning like fire. Do you remember that song? Bright. That sounded quite good. Bright eyes. Okay, all right. Anyway. And, 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 and I, started to, I started to look at this um, song and I want to read to you just the chorus, okay? So it says, bright eyes burning like fire, bright eyes, how can you close and fail? How can the light that burns so brightly suddenly burn so pale? Bright eyes. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. Now, we're going to look, look at a lot of scripture today and a lot next week as well, but I want to frame something up that I feel like we need to have a level of understanding, and as we move into the year ahead, with regards to levels of assignment and levels of solution, with regards to us being able to tap into, not just the word of the Lord, but actually tap into a steady flow of what God wants to speak, release, and strengthen us in as we move through the year. Because how many of you know, if you have levels of awareness about opposition, levels of awareness about things that are going on, you're better, it, it's easier to navigate particular things in your world. How many of you know that? How many people have you ever been in a car before and, you, and, well, I'm sure everybody's been in the car, you've been in your car and suddenly you, you're, you're either your GPS says something or whatever, but you know that there are traffic works up ahead? How many people have, yeah, of course, yeah. And how many of you ever made the choice not to divert? And I've done this regularly, I think I've spoken on it, even i preached on it before, but I have made the choice many, many, many times not to divert specifically on a road called Crossroad, and I regret it every time. It's like I have this newfound faith that suddenly this time the roadworks are going to be better, this time something's going to change, but it never does. And so as we move into the year ahead, I really feel like the Lord is going to give us the heads up on what the best way is, or the best way to navigate our world, being able to see things how we see them. If you come to Field of Dreams, you get a lot of this, you know, with regards to levels of illumination or revelation about what the Lord is doing and what the, what's happening in the world, especially from Todd. Uh, uh, how many people love where Todd's tracking at the moment? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so you get a lot of that, which is really, really good. Uh, and in that, what we're doing consistently is we're endeavoring to give you levels of solution as to how to break through in a particular field, or break through even in your relationship with the Lord, even in your mandate, your original mandate in the Lord to fulfill your scroll to actually change the world for Jesus and with Jesus in 2023 and beyond. How many people want to change the world with God? And so it's really, really cool. Awesome. So, so the Lord started to speak to me about this, this, this bright eyes song, and I can't believe I actually have notes. I mean, this is this is a whole nother a whole ballgame. Okay, so. In, I was asking the Lord for a word for 2023, and you're going to get words about Psalm 23. You're going to get words about uh, all different stuff. And I was like, wow, but where's my 2-3 word? And this is what the Lord gave me. He gave me 2 Samuel 3-1. So if you could put up 2 Samuel 3-1 for me. I don't know if I gave you, I can just read it. I know I gave you big portions of scripture. But it says this, let me just, I'll just read it to see. And you can put it up as, as we go if you can find it. But in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, there was a long war. Everyone say long war. Oh, there you go. Uh, the long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And David grew stronger. Everyone say stronger. And stronger. While the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. Now, this is the word that the God gave me for 2023 that there is something in the realm of the spirit and in the natural where there are two kingdoms in operation. And I don't believe that the kingdom of Saul necessarily represents the kingdom of darkness. Not necessarily. I'm sure that there's part of it. But I don't think, oh, yes, it's the kingdom of the enemy is getting, you know, go. I, it's part of that. But I think it's far more likely, or this is what I feel. I feel like Saul in this instance represents an old model of working for the church, an old way of thinking for the church, something that's not working anymore for the church. And the kingdom of David, David's kingdom, the the, the Davidic reign represents the new wineskin, represents the new thing that we're being called to do, represents the remnant rising in this season, where that remnant, as it were, gets stronger and stronger has the capacity and the ability to slay giants, understands the seasons and times like the sons of Ishika, and knows how to advance the kingdom of God mightily through great exploits. So we've got this kingdom of David. But then we've got the kingdom of Saul that literally starts to decrease because the grace comes off the kingdom of Saul. How many of you know that the grace comes off Saul and comes on David. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not speaking a bad word against the church. I'm not doing that. I'm talking about something specifically that I see is happening, and I believe that what the Lord is doing is he's re-emphasizing in this time that when you start to see, when you start to taste, when you start to understand of the new thing, when you start to see what God is doing, but also what the enemy is doing in the world, when you actually see it, you can't unsee it. It's like you get red, pill. is it red or blue, which pill? The red pill. You get red-pilled. Well, when you take the pill, what happens? You can't untake it. You, like in the matrix, you take something, you see something, and you can't unsee it anymore. And we're in a position right now, great position where we have been red-pilled a lot, which is very, very good, and I've been, we're all red-pilled quite a lot of the time, but there are a lot of people that don't take the red pills, and this is, as I said, I'm not speaking ill of anyone, but say, no, don't worry about taking that red pill. You don't need to be awakened to see what that red pill produces. Just focus on something else. Just focus on this. Just focus on that. But I believe that part of that doesn't allow us to come into more of the fullness of the stature that God is calling us to in Christ in order to take the mountaintops, in order to literally advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Because how many of of you know we can do great church meetings as a church? We can do some amazing things as a church. We can do some amazing things in social justice. We can do all of those things. And and I'm not saying, uh, you know, there's merit in stuff. I'm not saying, but how many of you know that it doesn't necessarily mean that we are infiltrating the spirit world? How many of you know that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually addressing the issues at hand, which are the issues of darkness being released over the earth and the eyes of the church becoming dim, becoming dull. So if you could put up Isaiah uh, chapter 6, verse 9 for me. This is Isaiah's commissioning. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Yeah, Isaiah's commissioning, Isaiah 6, 9. And it says this, he said, go tell this people, keep on listening, but do not, now I've taken this completely out of context, so, but I want to put it in the context of my message, which brings it into context, because God told me to put it in. And you can weigh and test that. Okay, so it says, go and tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive, keep on looking, but do not understand. And then it specifically says that the, eyes of, that the eyes of men grow dull, that the eyes of men grow dull. Now, I believe that this has happened specifically in the church, but also in the prophetic, where the eyes of the prophets have grown dull or grown dim. And that's a really, really, really big deal. Can you put up Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 for me? Now, what happens if the eyes grow dim? And I'm going to explain why I think the eyes go dim in a minute, so I don't... But if eyes go dim, what happens? Now, I'm gonna take this in the context that I want to as well. It says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. Let's look at that prophetically. If the eyes of the body, who are the seers or the prophets or those who are called to see, because we're all called to be able to see in the spirit, I believe that. If they go, the eye is the lamp of the body, so when the eye is clear, the whole body is full of light, light representing revelation, you see, there is a prophetic company that is called to release revelation to the body. But if your eye is dull, how can you release prophetic revelation, which means revealing or illumination, if you can't see it? If you can't see it, you can't reproduce it. If you don't know it, how can you impart it? You can't. So the eye of the and the next part, the whole, your whole body, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. This is crazy, because I believe this has actually been an assignment over the church, that this is the word of the Lord for 2023. Do you know what scripture this is? Matthew 6, 23. You're not gonna hear this any other place. You'll hear Psalm 23. No, I'm just, I'm I'm not, and I'm not having a go at anyone. We're not there. We're not throwing stones. I just want you to catch this. If your eye is bad, Matthew 6, 23, the whole body will be full of darkness. This is the enemy's goal, He wants the whole body to be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Everyone say, that's not good. That's right. Awesome. Okay. Now, so let's put up 1 Samuel chapter 14. I want to really dig into this. I'm going to go from, I've I've given it all to you up there, haven't I? This is so so funny. What's really embarrassing is the chair keeps going down and I'd like to say it's to do with the mechanism, but it could be to do with too much Christmas snacks. And so... (laughs) Okay, let's, let's put up 1 Samuel chapter 14, please. Thanks so much. And we'll start reading it down. Why don't we read it together so we can get into the word together? It says this, Now the men of Israel were hard pressed on that day, for Saul had put the people under an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food. Oh, shut up, Papa. Wow. Wow. Before evening, and until I have avenged myself on my enemies, so none of the people tasted food. (sighs) That's the, you can just feel that that, you can feel the presence on that. Listen to this. All the people of the land entered the forest and there was honey on the ground. When the people entered the forest, behold, there was a flow of honey. Everyone say flow of honey. You see, in 2023, there is a flow of honey being released. But look at this. But no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. That's crazy. The leadership, I'm not talking about church, I'm talking about all things now. This isn't about church. This is about fullness of where we are on the earth right now. People feared the protocols that were put in place, so they chose not to eat the flow of the honey that they desperately needed. Listen to this, and I'm not talking about civil disobedience now. Much, no, just Okay, but Jonathan, everyone say Jonathan. Had not heard when his father put, uh, uh, sorry, put the people under oath. Therefore he put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand in his mouth and his eyes brightened. Then one of the people said, your father strictly put the people under oath saying, cursed be the man who eats food today. This is so powerful. And... The people were weary. They were exhausted. They were weary. And then they'd been put under, under an oath. They weren't receiving the nutrition that they needed to actually get the job done that they were supposed to be doing under the kingdom and the reign of Saul. This is crazy. The people were weary. Keep going. Then Jonathan says, my father has troubled the land. See now how my eyes have brightened because I tasted a little of, of this honey. How much more if only the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found. There was a restriction put where they couldn't even eat of the spoil when they won the battles that they were winning because of the oath. But, okay, sorry, enemies, which they found. For now the slaughter among the Philistines has not been great. Keep going. They struck among the Philistines that day from... Mishmash to Ajalon. There you go. I I got that right. And the people were very weary. The people returned greedily upon the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slew them on the ground. And the people ate. Keep going. Ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. This is so crazy. Who did they say they were sinning against? The Lord and he said, and they and acted treacherously, Roll a great stone to me today. Keep going. Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Each of you bring me his ox or his sheep and slaughter it here and eat, and do not sin against the Lord by eating with blood. So all the people that night brought each one uh, his ox. Uh, and slaughtered it there. I'm, I'm going to leave it there just because I, I, wanted to do the whole, um, I wanted to do the whole chapter, but I don't want to, just for time's sake. Okay, so this is what we've got. So we've got this really interesting dynamic where an oath is put out, the soldiers are fighting, they're unable to eat the spoils, which is normally what would happen. They would win a battle, then they would get fed, they would get sustained, they would get strengthened. But there is, but there was an oath, so then they feared the oath. And then Jonathan, who didn't hear it, started to eat of this honey, which he needed. His eyes were brightened, represents strengthening, represents um, being activated, represents really what he needed to be able to finish what he was being called to do and to sustain himself. But because the king had put what he had put over everything, he did it and then everyone else was intimidated. This is really, really interesting. You see, I believe that there is a flow of revelation. There's a flow of honey in 2023. And for some, they will recognize the flow. And regardless of what is spoken, they will desire the eating of the honey more than fearing man or fearing who tells them that they shouldn't eat it. And I'm talking specifically now about revelation and things that are coming. You see, uh, let me give, I'm going to tell you a vision I had three years ago. Three years ago, I had a vision where I saw a, um, I saw a line of leaders, church leaders. Now, this is about the church. That was previously about the church and everything else, but this, I saw a line of leaders, and I, they, were, they each had 12 eggs. They each had 12 eggs, and in the eggs, you open the eggs up, and in the eggs, they had straws in each of the eggs. And so then they had these long lines of people and I said, God, what am I looking at? And he said, you are looking at leaders and congregations. So there were these long lines of people that represented the congregation. Then you had the leaders and they were in line specifically to drink from from these eggs. So there were 12 eggs. And I said, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I've never seen anything like this before. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, look more closely. And I looked more closely. And as they lifted the eggs up for each congregation member to drink the egg from the straw, they manipulated the straw so the straw would only get to drink the egg white. And, so, and then it would be the next person was the egg white. The next person was the egg white. The next person was the egg white. I said, what is going on? And the, I felt the heart of the Father and I, I felt his, his displeasure. And I felt him say that people aren't able, that leaders aren't empowering people to take the yoke of government in the church. Now, this isn't the yoke of government, government mountain. The yoke of governing and government as, as an ecclesia. You see, when they drink the egg white, they just get another piece of egg white. I want more whites, I want more whites. Give me more milk, give me more whites. But when we start to bear the yoke, it, 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 it says it's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. When we start to bear the yoke of government and understand that we are actually called to govern right now, we're not called to come into a Sunday service and listen to a good message, go home and then business as usual. We're actually called to rule and reign. We're actually called to govern. We're actually called to displace darkness with everything that we do. And the reality is that is if is is there are so many there were so many that literally didn't have the capacity or the ability or weren't given the option to drink of the yoke to partake of the yoke to partake of the burden of the kingdom of heaven to partake of the government of the kingdom of heaven and I really believe that it represent represented revelation. Rev, represented revelatory teaching. I believe that what had happened was that people were so fearful to speak the truth that it was much easier to force feed the whites and not give people the yoke. Because when you tell people the truth, they have a responsibility up under that in Christ to do what they're called to do. And if you don't tell people what's going on, you don't tell them the truth, their eyes become dimmed. Their eyes become dimmed, and when someone talks in a revelatory way, or talks about revelation, people get scared, because of the covering, they get scared to drink of the honey. That's why you get secret, hey, have you ever heard, uh, many years ago, there, was, there were people that were doing a lot of stuff in the realm of the Spirit, and used to be, we used to sit in church, and sometimes you go to the side of a church, I went to a mega church for a while, and I would sit down at the side of the church, and they would literally look around. People would look around, and they would come over and go, make sure no one was listening, and go, hey, have you ever heard of a teacher called so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, wow, I've been listening to his stuff, amazing. And I'd be like, wow, was really good. And then I'd get it again. Hey, have you ever heard of a teacher called so-and-so? Oh, wow, yeah. I, I actually, I would have people come and talk to me about, a t- I'll tell you, one of them, one of them was, back in the day was Todd Bentley. People would be like, Have you ever heard of Todd Bentley? Shh, shh. Don't tell anyone that you've said that name. He was carrying more revelation than any, than many people at the time. This is just so, so crazy. So, what started to happen was that people were starting to taste the yolk and realizing that they were supposed to be consuming the whole egg because when you consume the whole egg, you get empowered to fulfill the fullness of the calling that you've been given in Christ. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've been given. But they didn't have the opportunity to do that because it was easier to keep people under a level of control. I'm not speaking about churches now. I'm just talking about it's easier to not get into the higher revelatory state. It's easier not to talk about what's going on. It's easier to stick our heads in the sand. It's easier to do that. Why? Because then we don't have to worry about anything. You just stick it, la, 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 I'm not listening. Healthy Christian dissociation. With an emphasis on healthy, I'm joking. But this is a year where I believe God is calling Christians up into a place where they don't disassociate, where they weigh and test everything that they're being taught, where they weigh and test everything that, that they hear online and they go, actually, you know what, the narrative, doesn't. what I feel and what I see doesn't match with what I've been taught I'm not feeling empowered through that. I'm gonna look for the flow of honey. I'm gonna look for the flow of revelation. I'm gonna be, and I'm telling you right now, God is saying, seek me in this hour. Literally, like what Rachel was saying, consecrate yourself to me in this hour, and I will show you great and mighty things you couldn't have possibly known unless you came to me in this way, in this season, in this era. Can you put up Jeremiah 33.3 for me? You see, this is the call. Is everyone feeling encouraged? Good. Okay, I want everyone to feel encouraged. I'll I'll put the exhorter on in five minutes. And so it says this. It says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many people have been seeing 333 a lot? I'm seeing it all the time. All the time. It's a season and a time of exploration into the realms of Revelation. This is going to be so exciting because when we revelate with God, we don't just know stuff, we get empowered to do stuff. And that's what he's showing us in this time, in this era. So this is part of it, is this desire. As as the desire is there for more of him, remember I say, we want more of you, God. We want more of who you are. As we do that, he starts to unpack who he is and he literally baptizes us in wisdom and revelation. You see, we cannot function as an ecclesia without the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We cannot. Which means that every believer has this opportunity to revelate with him, to partner with him, to get empowered in him, in Christ, being built up into the fullness of who we are in order to bring the necessary push back to the enemy camp. You see, we are in an incredibly interesting time on the earth, and I believe that there is a waking up, waking up, sorry. And believers are saying, hold on a second, that egg white is not sustaining me for this season. That egg white isn't working for me this season. That oath isn't working for me in this season. I'm weary. I'm not feeling strengthened in the inner man. But the Lord says there is more than enough flow of honey for every person in 2023, 2024, 2025 and beyond. There's always more than enough. And the Lord is saying, it's time for you to take your staff and dip it in the honey. Take your staff and dip it in the honey and don't stop dipping in the honey day after day after day after day, after week, after month, after year. Never stop seeking out that flow of honey because that flow of honey is from the Lord. Regardless of what some people say, and I'm not talking about, you know, Not listening to people, I mean, you don't just listen to anything, you know, weigh and test what you hear, but this is the whole thing, is that there is an awakening, and when there's an awakening, we see more, eyes get brightened, we understand more, we get awakened more, we illuminate more. If we're going to arise, shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It says, nations will come to your light. Well, nations won't come to your light if the body isn't full of light, and the body has not been full of light, because the eyes of the body have been dulled. So how can the nations come to the body of Christ looking for the light? Kings will come to the brightness of your rising. We preach it, we hear it, but the praxis, the practical outworking of that is we need to revelate. We have to become who we have to become solution. And becoming solution isn't saying, come to my Bible study and we're gonna sit down. It's gonna be good. We're gonna have sandwiches. I love that Bible study because they have the best sandwiches. That's not what this is about. Um, Bible study is good, by the way. (laughs) I'm just saying it has to look like more. And I believe that this is what God's calling us. He goes, are you ready for more? Are you ready to change the world unlike anything you've ever seen? Are you ready to take these mountains unlike anything you've ever ever seen? Well, don't allow yourself to get dulled by man's perception. Don't allow yourself to get dulled by the news. How many of you, I'll talk about that in one second. You see, Jonathan, the name Jonathan means this, God has given. The name Jonathan means God has given. How amazing is that, that in the midst of that, God had given what was needed, and that's what God is saying in 2023. You are going to have more than enough, and I've got so much virtue, so much oil, so much wine, and so much honey for you to partake of. I'm not going to go into the other, other parts of that. So... so so this is, this is an exciting time. So we, are, so we go into this place. Can you put up Matthew 7 for me? So we go into this place where we start to engage the Lord. We start to, we start to look to him. We start to seek him out. We go, God, I want to seek you out this year like never before. And then what happens when we do that? Can you put up Matthew 7? And it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Uh, next one. For everyone, everyone say Everyone everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it will be opened. How amazing is that? I believe, I believe that that is, it's a he who dares win season. It's a season where the fearless, <laughs> the brave get the spoils. I was going to ask you about that scripture today. The, the brave get the spoils, and I believe that we've seen a little bit of that here at Field of Dreams, that the brave have got the spoils in the government mountain, that the brave are starting to get the spoils in other. But that is the word of the Lord. That is what he's saying. saying, be brave. Look for the flow of honey. Look for where I am in your world and choose that. Choose to ask. Choose to seek. Choose to knock. Choose to explore. Choose to hunt me down and seek me out. Search me out. And I will show you things and I will open things up to you that will truly blow your mind. How many people have ever had a revelation and you just, I I had an experience one time and I was asking the Lord if I could see some stuff in the spirit and I remember just lying on the floor and I was suddenly taken up into this desert. I was in a desert, but it was a nice desert. And I looked up, I pulled my head up and I saw these city lights and I'd never seen anything more beautiful. I know that I was seeing a part of Zion and my whole inner being started to cry out for my home. And I could, it was so overwhelming. I was like, I want my home, the place I truly belong, this is where I'm supposed to be, God. And it literally was like my spirit was trying to pull itself out of, my, out of my whole being. It was like my spirit was trying to pull my soul out of my being, away from my body, detach itself, and to just abide there permanently forever. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is freaking me out. I want that more than anything else. It overtook every one of my logical thoughts, my emotions. I didn't want to be alive on the earth anymore just because I saw it once. Nothing in me wanted to remain. I had no recollection of family, of wives, of anything. All I could think about was that is the place where I am supposed to be. Wives. (laughs) Wives. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay. Cancel ceremony. <laughs> um, but this is so, this is, this is, it's just so amazing. And what is that? That's just one, and I'm not going to, I'm not going into Revelation today. I wanted to look at it, I will go much more deep, much deeper into that next week. But I just wanted to give an overview. I wanna give an overview in this, in this first part of just what that looks like. When stuff starts to get revealed to you, how many people you've had an experience with the Father and it blew your mind so much that it circumvented every one of your things in your world because you were just so overwhelmed. You just thought, like, oh, and, it, and it's like, it's the, the best truth you could ever have. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many people have ever had that before? And you have it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing. Hold on a second. Don't talk to me. No, which is why I used to struggle when people would go into, they would go into encounters and then people would shake them out of the encounters. Have you, how many people, you know, you're in an encounter and sometimes I do it to the staff, so apologies. But someone's in an encounter and then they're like, someone's going, Psst, gosh, it's cold in here. And the person's probably having the most amazing revelatory encounter they've ever had, where their heart has been opened. Their light, they're becoming, when we start to revelate, the light starts to beam out of you. It's literally like you get more and more light produced on the inside, which is why the more revelation you carry, the more triggers on the outside in the area of darkness. The more revelation you carry, the more people trigger, because you're actually carrying more light. And when you carry revelation and light, you become it, so you carry more authority. And so... So, 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 so this is what God is doing. He wants to, he wants to mark this here with us having an incre- incredible encounter, with us engaging in incredible places of revelation, with us being able to see things so clearly, with us being uh, literally baptized, like, as it were, in the spirit of Ishika that we would know the season and time under heaven and know what we are being called to do. But the way that we do that is we don't focus on anything that's, on anything, okay, right. We don't focus on those things that pull us away from the honey, from the wine. We don't allow those things to distract us or pull us away or to or prevent us from partaking of that yoke, of partaking of the things that God is calling us to, partaking of the revelation that he wants to release us into. We don't allow that to come. You know, I, I, I still listen to a lot, of, a lot of teaching over the years. I don't listen to as much now. And I remember listening to Revelation and I remember listening to this revelation one time and somebody that I respected a, a lot, I said, wow, this revelation is really amazing. And somebody I respected a lot said, no, nah, I don't agree with that. And I really respected them. So I was like, oh, okay, God, I'm, I could be in a place of error. But the, but the revelation was so strong. What I'd heard and what I engaged in and what, where it took me in the spirit changed my world so much, I couldn't let it go. It, just, it was whatever. And lo and behold, of course, a number of months later, the person that had said that's wrong was starting to talk about it, and I just was like, "Okay, so it wasn't wrong. So we need to be able to, as we weigh and test, we need to be able to trust that when the Lord is speaking. Yes, we weigh and test, and we weigh things with other people. I'm not saying that we weigh according to the word, the word. But in that trust that you hear from God, trust that my sheep know me and they know my voice." Trust that the Holy Spirit is teaching and equipping you. It says that the anointing will teach you. Trust that God's anointing us all. Trust that he's anointing you and teaching you and equipping you through wisdom and revelation to empower you to fulfill everything that he's called you to in this next season. It's gonna be an amazing year ahead. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Awesome, okay, can you put the pads on, please? Just gonna get, uh, do you want to just grab your communions? And then I'm going to pray for a couple of people. You see, in the best of times and the worst of times, which we've talked about a lot, the enemy will constantly try to restrict your capacity and ability to be able to engage or see where the honey's at. There's going to be the best of times and the worst of times, and the challenge will be sometimes to find the honey in hardship. And I felt the Lord say to me today, tell people that when it's challenging and when hardship is there, when they're facing hardship, the honey will never stop flowing. Not just revelation, but who He is, His goodness So can you just put up Psalm 23 for me? We can do Psalm 23 around communion. And I'm going to pray for a couple of people. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It says this. You can read it with me if you want to, or I'll just read it over you. Yes, Psalm 23. for two, But it says this. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guards me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for the promise in and through. We just do. In and through Psalm 23, that you are the good shepherd who leads and guides us. And we choose to focus on the passage that says, surely goodness and mercy or goodness and loving kindness will pursue us, will hunt us down all the days of our life. And so Father, we thank you that whatever we go through this year, whatever we've been through, you were always there and that you will never change. And so in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we do communion, even right now, that there would be a revelation released of your unfailing nature and character and love and the reality that it says in your word, never will I leave you nor forsake you. We thank you, God, that you will be with us every step of the way through 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026 and beyond and that there will always be a flow of honey in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Feel free to take your communions. This year you will see a crazy remnant rising, and you will see the house of Saul, as it were becoming weaker and weaker 2 Samuel 3 verse 1 this is what's happening because God is on the throne and we are always victorious in Christ so so good awesome so good we just give the Lord a a hand a shout like whatever come on it's going to be a good year come on Who's excited? Who's ready for a brand new, I I, I always say this, but who is ready for a brand new anointing? See, that's what I feel like God is releasing, a new anointing. And so can everyone just stand to their feet, please? And I want the three Bendigites to come. Oh, one's from Queensland. That's okay. You can be in in the Bendigo. You won't be there for much longer anyway. So come on. It's true. Okay, good. Come on in. Father, we thank you for transition. We thank you, God, that there's no coincidence that these guys are here. I'm going to say this publicly in front of everybody. Um, Father, I thank you that transition is real. And Father, we thank you that for the fulfillment of promise. Uh, just behind. You are you know, just behind. So, Father, we thank you for the promise. We thank you for promises fulfilled. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but longing fulfilled. So right now in the name of Jesus, I speak that over all of you, that this is a time of longing fulfilled. This is not a generic word. This is specific for you, that it's longing fulfilled. And so, Father, we thank you for times of longing fulfilled. But, Father, we thank you uh, for this new leaf of a book. And I saw that there was a new page. And I saw you guys come in here and I felt the Lord say, I'm turning the page and it's a brand new chapter. I'm turning in the page and it's a brand new chapter. And I saw this page turn over and I saw this new chapter and I saw you guys just dancing in the rain. And I don't know if you like dancing in the rain. Uh, it's all right, you do? Okay, okay, awesome. Um, uh, but I saw you dancing in the rain and I felt like there was something about asking for rain in a time of ladder rain. I believe that there is something that God's talked to you about revival, ladder rain and outpouring. And I believe that you're, going to be, you're literally going to be positioned to be right in the middle of all this stuff that's happening. But I'm right now just going to speak a release of just a level of favor. So father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for the transition that they're in. Right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for favor in the transition. Right now in the name. (laughs) Father, we thank you for favor in the transition right now, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now that there would be an, awakening to destiny like never before for, for all of these guys in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now that, that as two become one that there would be a whole new mandate released. As two become one, that there would be a whole new mission that they've never even seen before. And we thank you, God, for the apostolic in that. We thank you for the prophetic in that. We thank you for the building in that. We thank you for the nations in that. And We thank you, God, for all of those things that they're all encompassed in that new day. And so, Father, we thank you for the new leaf. We thank you, God, for the new page. We thank you, God, for the new chapter. And we right now speak a level of grace and release and impartation from this house. In the name of Jesus, so Father, we bless that. Now, for every, oh, there you go. now everyone else, just put your hands in the air. We're nearly done. It's not going to take long. Father, we thank you for a new level of empowerment and anointing for 2023. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that each of us would receive something. <laughs> of an anointing, which is an empowerment from heaven to get done what needs to get done. But Father, we thank you that it would be the spirit of strength or the spirit of might. It would be a spirit, the spirit of the prophetic God. There there will be wisdom and revelation poured out and that there will be faith for the miraculous. We thank you, God, for this beautiful body of believers here right now. Thank you, God, that you are empowering us to administrate your kingdom at a level that we've never seen before. And so, Father, we thank you that as you anoint us, the anointing comes with favour, favour with God and favour with man. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy of every every person here, a new level, a new season of favour with God and favour with man in the name of Jesus. But it all comes by way of invitation, of partnership. So, Father, we thank you for the beautiful heart journey you take us on this year, in order that we would grow in capacity and to be a- and be able to fulfill everything that you're calling us to fulfill to change the world for your name and your glory. In the name of Jesus, and everybody, say, "Let's give the Lord one last hand." Come on, come on, woo! Nice and quiet there. Awesome.